Thank you for joining us for episode number three of Kansas City Food Memories, where we take you on a stroll down memory lane to some of our favorite restaurants, bakeries from the 80s and 90s. So today's episode is a special one to me because one of my personal heroes and mentor is Ed Holland from EBT Restaurant. So remember that this is a podcast recording of a live radio show. So do not call in, do not text in, or it'll confuse the heck out of the people working in the station. Enjoy this and be sure to tell your friends to listen to the podcast so we can build up this audience and create some magic. Thank you and enjoy. Well, good morning and welcome to Kansas City Food Memories episode or show number three. We still got to figure out what we're going to call that. This is a very, very special show that we're having today. And when uh, I started talking, talking to Toby about this, I think about two months ago in the concept of the show, the only preconception I had was that there's one particular person that I absolutely had to have on the show. And, and he's that, here. And he's here today. <laughs> yeah. And that is the world famous uh, Ed Holland. And so I'll, I'll we'll get to him in just, just a couple of minutes. But welcome to Kansas City Food Memories. This is where we try to take um, all of us on a stroll down memory lane. And specifically, I've narrowed it down to our favorite food memories from the 80s and 90s. And the reason I chose that is that's really what a lot of us consider to be the golden age of the locally owned and locally run restaurant. Things changed right after that. You know, the factories took over, factory food and national chains. And it just the local restaurant seemed to lose its charm and competitive edge with those. And um, a lot of the blame goes to us consumers, but we'll get around to that in the next few months. But um, so we're able to do that. If you want to keep up with us and you happen to miss the episode or you want to encourage your friends and family to listen to it, we are available on podcast. And for those of you, whoever you're using to get on, what? on podcast, I, as soon as you get your new phone, I'm going to help get you set up on that one. Huh. But for everybody else that does that, whatever app you're using, just look it up. Um, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Google, all of those were listed on there. And just to hit the subscribe button. And usually I'll have it posted by the middle of Saturday afternoon so you can be able to catch that. So be able to do that one. If you want to keep really in touch with what we're doing, sign up for the emails. Um, I'm Robert Dunsing. My wife and I, we own Best Regards Bakery and Cafe, and our website is makethemsmile.com. And the reason we're able to do this commercial-free is that my wife lets me pay for this show and pursue my passion of supporting local restaurants. But if you go to makethemsmile.com, top left-hand corner, there's a subscribe button to my weekly newsletter. So make sure you sign up for that. On Monday or Tuesdays, you get a rundown of what, what happened on the show. And then I'll also talk about what um, kind of homework or what kind of assistance that I'm looking for. It may be reaching a certain person, helping me develop recipes, and things like that. The, one of the things I want to do besides reliving the past and bringing it alive is I want to solve mysteries. Yeah. And what was the biggest mystery we've had so far? Stevenson's frittata. Yes. Yep. The apple fritters from Stevenson's. Yeah, fritters, app, yeah. Yeah, from, from Stevenson's. And that's been my goal since day one as now, well. Do you have the recipe yet? No, I, uh, well, let's not give it away. We'll talk about it later. Okay. But it's, um, <laughs> I actually have three different versions of the apple fritter recipe. Okay. And so, you know, Stevenson's actually gets credit for introducing the state of Missouri to apple fritters back in the 1940s. Yeah, and so I mean, it's they call it Kansas. I can remember eating them when I was three. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. So, um, you know, I'm subscribed to several news services. So I found an old article from the St. Louis, um, I think Dispatch, um, back in the 1977, 
and they uh, printed a recipe that said Kansas City style fritters. So that's even what they called that way back then. Wow. Yeah. So I okay. mean, so Stevenson's get a lot of credit for that. So I 100% guarantee that in the next few weeks, I will have an exact copy of the apple fritter. And so you will be that able I can to, eat? Yep, that you can eat. All and so right. my goal is, is to find old dishes that we maybe miss, find a way to recreate it by talking to cooks or chefs that worked yeah. in those restaurants, troubleshoot it, figure it out. And then my goal is to find um, a, a couple of restaurants in Kansas City that will put it on their menu for a month. What is funny, my neighbor two houses down yes. is the sister <laughs> of the sister who ran the Stevenson oh, yeah. restaurant. I yeah. never knew that. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? You know, so it's, it's, it's really it's a small fun. world. And the reason I can personally guarantee I'm going to get the apple fritter perfect is the family that owned Stevenson's is going to work with me to recreate that yeah. recipe exactly correctly. Yeah. And they listen to the show, and they are excited about the prospect of bringing it back. Well, this is a cool thing about the show, because you're going to find a lot of old memories in in recipes that you'll start bringing up, and and people will be able to get them again. Uh, So do you know what the second recipe that people asked me for from um, Stevenson? The green rice. I, you know, I, I don't even remember that. What is it? It's called green rice. It's like a rice casserole. Uh, yeah. And it's um, Brian Lynch said, oh, yeah, he loved that. And that was oh, a big thing back then. I don't remember so that. So I'll be figuring that one out, too. And we'll, we'll do, all, uh, yeah. do a lot of those they, others. Well, they'll give it to you. So that's yeah, how you're going to figure it so out. So if you haven't noticed on um, Kansas City Food Memories, one of the dangers is we go down rabbit holes. So, you know, I could have if I could have an agenda and a schedule what we're going to do. And that's just that's out, out the window within a couple of minutes. So we get, we're easily distracted. You know, there's no rules, no commercials, so we get to pursue whatever we want. But um, again, today, my guest is Ed Holland. And that is, he's been the number one uh, probably person requested, you know, on in conversations because I have a text line. Oh, let me, let me give that up. So if I make a mistake online or you have a suggestion, I have a text line, which is 913- Five eight six seven seven nine eight. So you can send the text in. I'll be able to read that um, and give us a correction that way. Um, so let me. Uh, I want to say something about Ed Holland. Say here. the rest of the phone number one more time. Well, I'm not giving the phone number yet. Well, the text thing. Well, yeah, nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. Okay. So Toby is the legendary Toby Tobin. That's been on the air for how many years? Sixty in March. Sixty in March. And so I couldn't do this show without him. And what's really interesting to, uh, to share to the listeners, my wife started her business 30 years ago, I think next month, and we would not still be in business without the help of the two people in the studio with me. And um, Ed Holland helped us early in um, the, the, the beginning of our business, and Toby's helped us uh, immensely in the last 15 years of our business. Yeah. So Ed helped us in the first time. So Ed kind of mentored Sherry, my wife, when she started the business way back in the early 90s and helped her out. And then in the early 2000s, we faced a, we tried to grow our business to grow nationally, to go wholesale and negotiate with big national companies. And I remember before I went to the point where I flew to Jacksonville to um, to meet with them to pitch selling our cookies and, and things um, nationwide with that chain. And flying to Chicago to meet with Costco, I talked to Ed Holland. I said, here's what I'm doing. And he gave me the lowdown, told me what I wanted to hear, told me what I didn't want to hear. But he prepared (laughs) me so that I could make the right decisions. And through the guidance I got from him, I had the strength 
and the ability to walk away from both those deals. Yeah. So I walked away from both of those deals because of the guidance that I got from Ed Holland. And I don't know if I've sufficiently thanked you, but Ed, thank you for that. You know, and that's, and that's really what Ed is. There's, there's thousands of people in this town that know Ed Holland, general manager from EBT, as much for what he did there and the product and the service he put out, but what he's done to give back to the community. So, Ed, let me, let me start off real quick. So, do you have any old food memories from uh, Kansas City that, that you miss? I've got a thousand old, right. great, well, great well, let's memories. let's narrow it down. I've only got an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, one very special one was, this is pre-EBT. Okay. So, I was hired by Myron Green Cafeterias, and incidentally, Myron Green opened the first cafeteria west of the Mississippi Wow. In March 25th, 1909, in downtown Kansas City. Good grief. I so this been. was my wife's great-grandfather. Okay. So you helped open that location? I was not around yet. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> not even a twinkle. Um, <laughs> but I, I wanted to say that part because downtown Myron Green Cafeterias was kind of the place the mm-hmm. place to go to. And actually, Myron Green started the National Restaurant Association in, in downtown Kansas City wow. back wow. in 1917. I mean, Kansas so, City is really pretty special. A lot of is, people don't is. really understand how big of a role we played. But he he went on to become president of the NRA as National Restaurant Association, yeah. and then Rick Harmon, my father-in-law, he became president of the National Restaurant Association. So we've had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven presidents of the Greater Kansas City, um, three presidents of the Missouri, and two of the National Restaurant Association. So hmm. the history. That we that I just uh, talked about, nobody in the United States can s- state that fact. Wow. That they had that many presidents that we supported the restaurant ind- industry on a local, regional, and national level. So, anyway, that's so you I'm know something about restaurants. Well, <laughs> I came. I, I went to K State and met this beautiful girl named Betsy, and and we got married when I when I graduated. But I didn't realize that her father had owned Myron Greens at that point. But I didn't know how to boil water back when I was in college. I played, <laughs> oh, yeah. played rugby at K-State and had a lot of fun. I had a business degree. But the last thing I thought I was going to do is go into the restaurant business. But it just so happened to fit my personality to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty I'm, – I'm outgoing, and I love to talk to people, and, and service is so critically important. But I, I'm kind of coming back to your original question. Um, but the probably one of my special stories was – so UMB Bank is Crosby Kemper. James Kemper is uh, Commerce Bank. So they're both in downtown area. And so I'm in the Commerce Tower uh, cafeteria. And then we opened the Magnolia 2 restaurant in the basement of the Commerce Tower at 911 Main. Okay. The Magnolia 2 is the reason because back before Prohibition, there was a bar in the, in the basement or lower level of the original Commerce Bank building, mm-hmm. and it was called the Magnolia Room. So it, and here comes uh, no more liquor, and um, then all of a sudden uh, we decided to build a restaurant down there, and it was called Magnolia 2, so it would be the second Magnolia. But the, so Crosby Kemper, who was U- Commerce Bank, or UMB, uh, then started eating in my restaurant called the Magnolia 2, which is in a James Kemper's building, because Crosby's UMB, and they were, you know, they were competitors, but... Crosby, I came pretty good buddies with him, and he said in 1979, he told Rick Harmon, they were both betas at Missouri, or betas, he said, I'm going to open up a new building at 435 in State Line. We're going to call it Emory Bird and Thayer, and I want Ed Holland to be the manager. Well, I was just 
green as can be still only been in the business since 75 for three or four years and so i became the manager of ebt but it was just kind of funny that the two competitors one's eating in the other's buildings restaurant and that's how i met crosby and then all of a sudden i went to work for them too. And what year was that? That was uh, 1977 was the Magnolia 2. Okay. I was only 23 years old. And, and then that. on the EBT? And then EBT, I was opening in 79. And right. I was for, for the listeners out there that aren't familiar with the food business, how critical is the general manager to the whole concept and execution of everything that goes on? I'd say it's the um, quarterback yeah. of the football team. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Because that person, he or she, runs the plays, so you do all the training both front of the house and probably you got to be schooled and educated in the front of the house as well as the back of the house. But the importance of hiring good people is just, I can't tell you how important that is. Even the same thing with Mahomes as a quarterback is surrounding players make him successful. Well, my surrounding players and team members made me successful because they were so dedicated. But I went, I, I feel, I went the extra degree to make them feel good about themselves, feel good about the restaurant and proud of what they were doing because if we have a restaurant that they're not proud of working in, well, they're going to be there a couple of weeks or six months and they're gone. Yeah. But we had employees for years. So how long has EBT been closed? Uh, we closed in uh, December 31st of, I think, 17, 16 okay. or 17. So and we were are, there 37 years. And so, and you're still in touch with the majority of your employees from back then? I wouldn't say majority, yeah. but it's definitely in touch with some of them. I, I have a habit that I've had for 30 years where I call my all my employees on their birthday. Yeah, and I still have a number of those that when I when I was at the height of our business, we had thirteen hundred employees, and I called every one of them on their birthday. Thirteen hundred, uh, yeah. Holy yeah, smokes! This, wow. Yeah, that was when I merged Myron Green with Treat America in right. two thousand one, and then yeah. became Company Kitchen. But uh, my point is, if if you take care of your people and you show them respect, and I always try to hide pe- hire people that would push me push me to be a better person, be a better quarterback. Yeah. And if I'm being pushed by them, then I I have a lot of respect for them as well as them for yeah. me, and, it, and it, it's a good team, and it works. Well, before we get um, go down that rabbit hole of talking a whole bunch of stories about EBT, is there any restaurant that you ate at in the 80s and 90s, if you had to pick one, that you could bring back and go back and experience one more time, who would that be? You know, I it's on the Plaza, Plaza 3. Okay. Just uh, I had some great moments at, at Plaza 3. What made Good. that so special? You know, they were they were they had a, a hostess there named I think her name was June, and I had a hostess named Kathy Knight that worked for me for twenty nine years. Mm-hmm. But she was at the front desk, and she made you feel like you were the most important person in the world. Mm-hmm. And I then that I it had an in, a, a pronounced impact on me on how I could the way I wanted to run my restaurant. Mm-hmm. And plus they had great food. So I would say if there was a number one, it would be Plaza 3. Mm. You know, it's amazing how much impact just a single person and not the owner of the business, right. not who created the concept, but somebody that works in those places can have on you. You know, Toby's told the story, you know, of the, of the was it the, uh, what do you call the, the front desk person that would seat you and told you, you know, about, recognize that you were on another blind date, third yeah. one that week. Kona Kai. DJ yeah. was my th- well. I called up DJ. She was a, a blind date. Why she really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I said, "Where would you like to go eat down in the plaza?" And I said, or I said "Would the Konakai be okay?" Or no, it wasn't another restaurant. And she said, "Well, we just had a business meeting there. I'd rather go to another restaurant." And I said, "Well, what would that be?" And she says, "Well, how about Konakai?" Well, she was my third date that week. <laughs> 
At the Kodaka? Yes. That's why he tried to get her to go to a different restaurant. What was funny was when we went to Kodakai, the maitre d', he was taking us to a table, and she was a little bit ahead, and he looked at me, and he says, Boy, you're having a good week. <laughs> and he said, Toby, Toby. Yeah, yeah. Here again. Yeah, he said, she's the one. She's the one. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's funny. You know, you think of Plaza 3 Steakhouse, and the one reason, how many years has that been? 30? Oh, 40. 40 years ago? Yeah, I, I was in the business 47. I so. mean, you're a food professional. You've eaten all over the world. You've run, you know, one of the best I restaurants. I all over the world, but. Uh, you've been all, <laughs> you've been around. I've been around. You know, and you ran one of the best restaurants you know, in the history of Kansas City, and you remember that restaurant because of the service from one person. Yes. Yeah. I, I think a restaurant can, uh, needs to have great food. Yeah. But the service part of it just, yeah. to me, trumps great food. Yeah. yeah. But you got to have both. But Good people actually become yeah. almost like family. They do. Yeah. And yeah. I'll have some stories later All on right. about now, fa- if, family. If, but. if we don't start talking about EBT, I'm going to get um, I'm gonna get some nasty texts up here. So tell us about EBT. You know, people miss it. Um, the number one question people ask me is, did anybody save the elevator? That's a great question. That is unknown. The unknown. answer is unknown to okay. this day. I, I, I have some thoughts on that, yeah. but, but uh, nobody really knows at this point. At okay. least I don't know. And, you, I, I, and I inquired heavily. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, um, but you know, so for the, for the people who've never been there, EBT was an absolutely wonderful high-end restaurant. My memory is that that, that was the first restaurant that we went to go eat at here in Kansas City that we had to dress up for. Yeah. You know, and I was of the generation that was probably part of the challenge that you had that we didn't really dress up formally to go eat out. Yeah. But we did, and I'm, I remember going there, and I got the Caesar salad table side, which was, mm. that's, mm. that mm. began my love affair of the of a real Caesar salad, you know. Yeah, all made from scratch. Oh, yeah. You know, and which was amazing. And then I remember that you gave a miniature rose to Sherry. You know, when we went to, went to go eat there, and it was just that the service was impeccable. I mean, the the quality, of the food, the presentation. I mean, it was, it was the fanciest restaurant we had ever been to. You know, hands down. So that's what that was. But so, what was the story on the elevator, and why was it so coveted? Well, the if I go back just a little bit in history, in 1869, mm-hmm. there was a downtown department store called Emory Bird and Thayer. And 1968, kind of downtown was an exodus and nobody was going. They're going out to the suburbs and they closed the building. So Crosby Kemper bought the Emory Bird Thayer building. Mm-hmm. And his thought or his plan was to re- redo the building and it was going to be his downtown signature UMB corporate bank. Well, they got into the foundation and it was an absolute disaster. And the building actually was about to fall down. It was built in 1863, and this was 1968 when he bought it. But they were really trying to redo it in 1972. So long story short, they, the engineers got into it, and they made the decision, this building's not safe. It needs to be uh, torn down. And so they, they and tore I've it read down. he regretted that decision. He, he did, but because everybody in Kansas City, it was, you know, it was the beloved store of oh. Kansas City. It was like Marshall Fields of Chicago. Yeah, Everybody loved and went to Emory Birds. And they had a tea room and the restaurants was all – and they had – they had from food to saddles to laundry. It was a complete department store. So they tore it down. But Crosby at least had the foresight to save some of the artifacts that were in that building. Mm-hmm. Some of the, the arches that were on the outside of the building. But the, at the top of these arches, they had these column capitals. And they, they saved it. They took this building that he did brick by brick. Yeah. And saved the, about eight of these column capitals. Saved some of the old, <laughs> there were eight elevators in the building. 
and they had enough that were good because these are iron cage elevators where mm-hmm. you see through them and you see the the cavity of oh, the concrete, yeah. you know, and the push button. And you had an elevator operator with the tr- crankshaft, and mm-hmm. you know it, it was the original elevator. So they saved those just in case they could do something. And with how them. did they use? How did you use those? Well, ABT? we we pieced together eight broken down old elevators into two four tops with uh, with these cage elevators. Yeah. And had the buttons, you know, one through the oh, eight yeah. floors, one through four, and then the cranker was we put that inside the elevator, right. oh. and we had a four top inside two of these elevators, yeah. and they were the kind of the prize table because oh, there yeah. was privacy, nobody would bother you. Over um, those years, how many people do you think in Kansas City got engaged in one of those two elevators? Hmm. Well, I, I don't know the answer yeah. to that question, but I would say hundreds, hundreds. if not thousands, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I mean, that was that was really the coveted reservation. Well, I will tell you that, that uh, George Brett was a good good customer, mm-hmm. and he said, Ed, I'm only going to come in if I can get in the elevator because he didn't want to be bothered. <laughs> oh, he yeah. was famous, you know, the famous Kansas City, and so he would call, and I'd say, George, I got it maybe in 30 or 45 minutes. Okay, save it for me. So yeah. then he'd come in and, oh, yeah. you know, and— have a nice dinner, and yeah. then he called me next couple of weeks. Ed, I need a, need the elevator. Well, George, they just they just sat down. Well, I'll catch you in a couple of weeks, but he would, he would only come in if he sat that that elevator. Oh, then yeah. he brought Leslie. When you said that was the one, Toey, yeah. DJ. <laughs> well, I think when Leslie came oh, in, yeah. I think I told him that's the one. <laughs> well, well, last week we had Frank Bowl on. Frank, you Bowl, know, yeah. legendary Frank Bowl, and he said the first restaurant he ever ate at in Kansas City was EBT. Really? And we were laughing about setting the bar so high. And it's like then, at the end of that story, Rod goes, hey, uh, Rod Gray, Paul Envy, yeah. he goes, hey, he goes, that's where I got engaged was really? EBT. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, but I mean, it's just you touch so many lives on that well, both lunch, you know, for lunch, it was a business place for lunch. Yeah. You know, we actually did more uh, customers at the lunchtime, but the elevators were such prized tables that, and where you're conducting business. Yeah. And um, so they were, they were busy every lunch and every dinner. What do you think the biggest challenge was um, to EBT towards the end? Was it the location? Was it just society changing and mm. moving away from formal dinners? Your, your ladder. Um, the country, this is, these are fine dining restaurants across the country where right. we're closing left and right, where the fine dining was more of a special occasion. We right. were a destination restaurant. Yeah. We went there for birthdays, anniversaries, to get engaged, um, all kinds of different opportunities when people, or, or business clients to come in to um, to sign a deal. Yeah. And so, and that's, I always try to have that in, in my mind that every single customer that came into that restaurant might be here for a special, or would be most likely here for a special reason. Yeah. So we've got to do everything humanly possible to make their dining experience pleasurable and one that they will remember. And um, so I, I kind of use that mantra as, and that was my mantra to all my employees. Yeah. You know, that person right there is the most important person in the restaurant right. that you are serving. Well, and that's and what made you so like amazing. That. Yeah. You know, was that attention to detail. So if you look at the early 2000s, how many restaurants do you think really fit in your, existed in your niche? You know, the high-end, special occasion. You're talking about nationally or No, local? no, just in Kansas City. Kansas City. You know, like Plaza 3, yeah, you Yeah, Plaza guys. 3. Um, I'm going to say Savoy Grill. Um, we were, the, at the end, the only one that did tableside. Yeah. And yeah. there's a reason. Yeah. There's oh, a yeah. reason. Oh, no, I understand. It's a pain. Do you and, think there's maybe five, six restaurants that really – Operating at that high end there? Well, in terms of, I'll, I'll say high end, yes, yeah. probably even more than that. But yeah. in terms of restaurants that did authentic table side yeah. preparation where we cooked your meal right at the table, yeah. Savoy and us. Yeah. And then, and then um, 
But we we kept that menu or those core business yeah. and signature items that we had clear clear to the end. Yeah. Uh, just because a lot of people came in for that Caesar salad, where you're grinding the yeah. anchovies, you're grinding oh, yeah. the the garlic, you're putting the the coddled egg and yeah. you know balsamic vinegar and olive oil and, I, and all that. I think Jasper's the only one left doing like tableside Caesar salad, as far as I know. I'm not so sure they're doing Caesar. I know they're uh, doing some. No, he, uh, does, he, he does, does that good seasonal. Yeah, he good, does that, good. and he does seasonally. Caesar. He does the tableside mozzarella. Yeah, I knew. So the he does that. So I mean, he's yeah. the only one. But you know what? I think for all of the listeners out there, the lesson we need to take out of this is. If right now we could all go back to relive the early 2000s, if we knew that we didn't support you and EBT, I think we all would have made the effort to eat at your restaurant at least once a quarter. Because, you know, we put it off thinking, well, you know, I'm going to save that for my next special occasion. And enough of us made that excuse and got lazy and said, I'll just do it later. I think we took you for granted. Well, And uh, we regret that. to, To that point... Uh, the last month of we were December thirty first, mm-hmm. so I made it a point. I was running um, come, or Treat America at that point at that time, and we had hundreds, a couple hundred places across the country. And but I, I told John Mitchell, my, my partner, that I wanted to go back to EBT that last month and work every single lunch yeah. and every single dinner, yeah. and that's what I did. You know, that's- and, and it was the best thing for me personally because I was so invested in it mentally, physically, financially. And for me to go back and to see these customers one more time, and we were absolutely packed. And people kept calling me, and, and Ed, you got to get me. I go, <laughs> yeah. How am I going to get you yeah. in? Where were you, where were you yeah. last year? I, I know you couldn't say it. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, and you want to say, where have you been for the last, exactly. last two years? Exactly. But, right. but, of course, you don't say that. But yeah. Can I want real quick, uh, Jasper's, I would say, was similar to EBT than yeah. really any other yeah. restaurant in Kansas oh, yeah. City. Yeah, Jasper's, yeah. for you sure. You know, and that's, that's something we all need to remember. Mm. Part of the show is... We live the past, yes, but also I think there's little nuggets of life lessons we need to learn and observe. You know, let's not make that same mistake again. So let's take a quick break. Hold on a second. Before you hit that speed dial, I want to change things up just a little bit. How about we just take calls today about Ed Holland and EBT Restaurant? I don't think that he truly understands the impact that he and EBT has had on all the people here in Kansas City. Let's open up the phone lines to share stories of how we all appreciate EBT over the years. The call-in line today, as usual, is 913-586-7798. Again, the call-in line is 913-586-7798. Go ahead and put that on speed dial. If you are too shy to call in or can't get in, feel free to send in a brief text to the exact same number, 586-7798. I'll be sure to print off the list of the texts that were sent in during today's show and share that with Ed later today. The text line is the same as the call-in line, 586-7798. Now, if you find this whole topic of Kansas City food memories interesting and want to keep current, be sure to sign up for my email newsletter. Simply go to makethemsmile.com. That was makethemsmile.com. That's the website for our bakery, Best Regards Bakery and Cafe. Now click on the email newsletter button at the top left corner. Every Monday or Tuesday, I'll send out a summary of the show and what information or help that we're searching for. And also send out an email teasing who we may be having on the show on Saturday and what themes we have coming up. Remember, go to makethemsmile.com. Stay current on what's going on. Then, if you know someone who can't catch the show live, they can now listen to all of our shows via podcast. We're listed on all the major providers including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Google, 
or you can just go to our website again for a direct link that'll be on the right hand side. Before we get started taking your calls, I want to thank all of you for helping us to become the fastest hour in radio. I absolutely love Kansas City. To Kansas City Food Memories, where we try to take you down a stroll down memory lane. Today we're talking specifically with Ed Holland of the famous EBT restaurant. And Ed's been sharing a few stories, and he's got about 50 or 60 more to tell. But do you have a caller, Toby? Well, I'm not. Roger, okay. Roger, welcome to KC Food Memories. Hey, it's nice to hear you guys' voice. I got to tell you a story about Ed Holland and EBT. Uh, Although, like when Ed started out, he's got a a thousand. I've got a thousand. uh, Easy, Roger. Easy. (laughs) <laughs> I had uh, I always had a nice Christmas por- uh, party for my employees and um, and we went to EBT several times but one time I had chosen another place and I went down to see the, the place oh like about two or three days before and um, and just line everything up and they said well we don't have you down for anything and I said <laughs> well yeah, I, I've sent you money. And they said, well, um, we, we just don't have you down, and there's nothing we can do about it. And I called Ed, I think, one or two days before the party. And he said, well, I can't open up. He said, I can't do anything on the night you want to do it, but I'll tell you what, I'll open up for you, Roger. And Ed opened up the restaurant, and we had a fabulous time. We were the only ones in there, and we're kind of a quiet group. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> not, not. not. <laughs> and, uh, but he accommodated us. He had the first-class uh, staff on duty, and we just had a blast. And to, to show my appreciation, I gave him a glow-in-the-dark toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> for the and list- I still have that. Yeah, still have that. For the listeners to yeah. show, this is Roger the plumber. In case you didn't know, to give a little context to that. <laughs> so, did you the learn your lesson? Story. What was the what was that dessert that you did with the orange? Oh, Diana can't. We we love the bananas Foster, but it was Ed's. Ed, would you would make us the one there that had the the orange peel? Actually, in that. the in the early days, that that was called the Toby Tobin special. Is it and, really? <laughs> yeah, and it's it's really a, a great dessert because we did a lot of tableside, obviously. But I would take whatever fresh fruit we'd have in the in the kitchen. It could be bananas, blueberries, blackberries, cherries, and then I would put creamed banana, creamed almond, and that was a liquid. And then I would use one fifty one rum, which lights very quickly because of the high alcohol content. Is that where the Toby Tobin comes in? Yes, we lit him yeah. on fire. So, what we, so I would put this 151 in a spoon and then, I remember that. and light it. And I, but I took an orange and made it look like a snake. Oh, yeah. And then the spoon was lit on fire with the 151 rum, and it would slowly go down all the way down. And the last drop, it would explode with fire. And then if you use um, very fine granulated sugar, not powdered sugar, but right. fine granulated sugar, I put in a brandy snifter, and you turn the heat up, and that fire's just growing and, and if you lightly sprinkle the the sugar and then throw it up in the air that fire will follow that uh, that very fine sugar all the way up and that was the toby <laughs> tobin flambe but yeah we did that and for I, for roger 
several times oh, over yeah, the years. Oh, yeah, that was great. I mean, I was in there the night that you that you set those sprinklers off. Oh, now, <laughs> Roger, <laughs> I have a thousand stories, but that isn't one of them I was going to say. But now, let me, let me correct you, Roger. It was the smoke alarm, not the sprinklers. But here we are we're on a busy Saturday night, and I, I got one of my high school buddies, and I want to show off a little bit. I'm this young punk, and I get this <laughs> fire going, and I throw this all the way up, and all of a sudden the alarms go off, and the, the <laughs> these big rotated um, louvers on the roof open up, and all of a sudden we – and then it was on the first floor of the alarm, then it, went on, it was a four-story building, then on the second floor it go, eh, and eh, eh, and then eh, and and it's so loud and the it was a cold winter night and the breeze was coming in and people were freezing and they were going to leave and I thought oh my god what am I going to do I'm going to lose you know ten thousand dollars worth of revenue because people are going to be leaving and not paying anything so what do I do I went to each floor and cut the wires to the smoke alarm. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. it saved me about 10, 12 grand. I, I guess know the that, statute of so. limitations is passed, yeah, right? Yeah, so I could say, tell this story. But So the next uh, Monday morning, I'm at the office, and I get this call from, from Rick Harmon, who owned the company. He says, hey, what did you do on Saturday night? I go, oh, we were busy, and it was a great night, and we had great revenue and great service. And what else happened? I said, well, we had a smoke alarm go off. <laughs> and then I get about two minutes after that, I get a call from Crosby Kemper and says, get down to Kansas City office right now. So I haul my little <laughs> skinny oh, butt down there to, to Crosby, and he said, and on and on about the liability that the company was going to oh, yeah. endure, and why would you ever do this, and this is against fire code, and blah 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 blah. How and new got, was the business then at that point? I'm sorry. How how new young was the business? Then? Uh, this was early on, probably within the first five years. Okay. Yeah. It was Roger's fault. Yeah. All Roger's fault. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He taunted you. He double dog dares you to do it. Roger, but thanks for bringing that, Matt. Fun. Wonderful memory, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, but it's a lot more fun to say that the sprinklers went off. Yeah, so it is. I agree. I agree. But sticking. nobody got wet. Yeah. All right. You couldn't hear, but nobody got wet. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Roger. I appreciate that. Bye, Roger. You bet. Tell Diane hi. I will. Yep. Bye-bye. See you. <laughs> okay. Do we go to line two or one? We're figuring that out. Line two. Okay. Robert, good morning. Welcome to KC Food Memories. Hi. This is um, Liz Schneider. Oh. I'm going to uh, – I have a memory. I was listening to you 10 minutes ago when we were driving out in the car you said your name, Ed Holland, and I immediately went back to decades ago when my mom knew you and Betsy and your father-in-law. She was a manager at Myron Green Cafeteria. Yes, yes. And I think you'll remember my Barb? mom. She was from she was from Athens, Greece. Her name was Frida, and she had a heavy. Oh, Frida! Um, yes, excellent. I am Frida's daughter, You're Frida's and I will daughter. let you know. <laughs> How I am about Frida's that? daughter. And I want to tell you, Ed, when you talked about Plaza 3 and how it's the people, you've got to have good food at a restaurant, but you've got to have the people that yes. make you feel like you're so special. She raved about you, your wife, Betsy, and your father-in-law. And to this day, I'm 62 right now. My mom's been deceased for four years, but she raved about your family and how you treated people at your businesses. And I want you to know that well, I remember that at this age. <laughs> well, it, so, memories last and hopefully they're good. It sounds like they're good memories. So I really appreciate good, your thoughts. Yes. I know. Very good memories. And it's just wild. I'm driving around and when your name come up, I'm like, I don't know, even know that I met you because you were quite young at the time. You were newlyweds. 
but she just loved your family. And so I wanted you to know that. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I was 26 when I opened, when I opened EBT and didn't know, didn't know squat. Yeah. (laughs) But I, but I made it, I made it through, but I thank you for the nice compliment. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Well, you're welcome. But that was my mom and I'm still around. So that's great. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. Uh You you know, Ed, there's probably thousands of lives that you've touched like that. I mean, that her mom was an employee and you've touched her life. Right. Frida. I remember Frida. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's something we'll talk about that later. Yeah. David, welcome to Kansas City Food Memories. Yes, hello. I had the opportunity to work down at EBT in 1984-1985 when I was working in high school. And, um, yeah, I I was able to experience uh, fine dining and the service of that and put that into uh, working at country clubs as well. David, what's your last name? I worked there. Kohler. Oh, David Kohler, yes. How are you? Good. And, um, yeah, it was a good experience down there. I have a question for some restaurants. Uh, what about Shutter Inn that was down there on 103rd, between 103rd and you know, on 103rd Street State Line area? Oh, yeah. I've, um, I've heard stories about that. Is that isn't that the uh, Mexican restaurant? Yeah. yeah they so, had, like, the best refried beans. Yes, um, I've heard get. about that. They had, uh, I think, three uh, restaurants on the on Kansas side. And when they moved over to the Missouri side, they decided to get a different name. And a lot of people said that was the first real Mexican food restaurant that was a little bit nicer set up as a restaurant. And there's um, I've got a picture of the front of the restaurant, and um, I've, I've heard the refried beans was absolutely the best there. Was there anything else you remember from them? Oh, well, it was just, you know, I, I'd worked there too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was quite something. They had, like, the metal plate. And they'd put those refried beans on there with the cheese, and there was just you, you can't get anything oh, yeah. like that now. Yeah, you know sometimes those memories of the the first of its kind kind of stand out. Um, then mm-hmm. when you add a level of service to it, because I think the Mexican restaurants back then, you know, you go a little bit earlier to the seventies, were a lot like the barbecue places. There were more small little joints and not full blown restaurants. You know, right. last week we talked about the you know KC Masterpiece was I think the first restaurant that went more of a restaurant that served barbecue. And I think Shutter Inn, from what I hear, I don't, you know, I'll, I'll do some more research that they were like that with the Mexican food, doing a real restaurant. I would right. agree with Dave that, that Shutter Inn was an awesome, authentic Mexican restaurant. Do you Shutter remember Inn. anything else that they made, anything that stood out on the menu? Uh, well, I love their tacos, but uh, sometimes the employees would go over there after work and, and have a cocktail. But yeah, uh, we used to go take my wife to her, on her birthday to Shutter Inn. Really? So, yeah. When do you think they closed? It's been a long time. Long time? Yeah, long, long time. Ago. I have to see if yeah. I can find, if any listeners out there, you know any of the family that used to run, own or run that restaurant, have them contact me. I mean, that's I believe like, it was two Italian sisters. Huh. Okay, well, we'll do some research into that. Uh, David, thank you for calling in. appreciate that. Thanks, Dave. All right, thank you. Bye. All right, Ed, do you have another story that can top the sprinkler system and the smoke alarms and, and getting um, called called into the office by Crosby Kemper. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Is that uh, one of the highlights of your life? That was not a Thanks. highlight of my life. It was a very scary scary <laughs> did, moment in my Did you learn any lessons yeah. in that? Well, um no I did not actually because I did it for a second time. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a had a private dining room on yeah. the, on the second floor that seated about 30 35 people and we had 
back then they did a lot of um, hospitals, did a lot of yeah. seminars up there. So we had a lot of medical meetings up there. And so this was a high school reunion. And so I took this flaming Toby Tobin flambe show on the road up to the second floor. <laughs> and lo and behold, it, but see, in the restaurant, there's four floors of open. Yeah, each, I was going to say, that was a pretty high ceiling. But on the second floor dining room, it's just probably eight or nine feet. Okay. And I know I wasn't over the sprinkler system, so I thought I was safe, but I got a little bit tight. And here comes those doggone things again. <laughs> um, but at that time, it was about 5.30 at night, and there was still a maintenance guy that was in the building, and he was able to shut down the fire fire alarm, or smoke alarm, not the fire alarm, the I, smoke alarm. I sorry. just want the record to show that the two times Ed Holland got into legal trouble involved Toby Tobin. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a great story that actually in, uh, in, Includes my wife. Okay. She uh, was a server for me um, when our kids were little. Uh, her best friend, Mary and Dave Locked, and they, they took the kids for the afternoon and evening. She worked the night shift two or three days a week. But we since we did a lot of table side, I, it was a big group, Stan Fisher, which was a U.S. Sprint back then. Yeah. He brought some clients in. There were about eight, eight to ten of them. And I'm, I think I had like eight different uh, – we had a pepper, peppercorn steak that we flamed at the table, cooked the whole steak at the table. Mm. And you got it. There were some medium wells to rare to mediums to medium rare, and I had them all kind of timed out. And Betsy brings the tray out with all the the, the set we call a setup, which is a plate with potato, vegetable, right? And then the chrome dome would be on until you could stack. So she had eight of these, and it was pretty heavy. Bringing these, and then I was going to do is put the steaks on the right plate and give right. it to the right customer. So she gets within about ten feet of the and slips on the tile, oh. drops the entire tray. The entire tray oh. of broke, and you imagine glass and crashing and noise. And I, I prided ourselves for a nice, quiet, relaxing, intimate restaurant. And all of a sudden, but you saved the steaks, right? I did, but what they had to do is they had to replate oh, all yeah. those. So now my timing's off. Because <laughs> when you're a medium rare, you're a medium rare, and then all of a sudden you can be a medium well real quick if you don't if you don't time it. Mm-hmm. But it ended up being okay. Thank goodness it was a customer, Stan Fisher, that, that I haven't seen for probably 35 years. Um, he was okay and said, no, you be nice to your wife tonight when you get home, is what he told me. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, that was a memory that you don't want to have. Oh, no. Fortunately, we had had some other incidents. But, oh, I, another one, I had a, we were just brand new, and there was a fountain in the middle of the restaurant. A concrete fountain, and and we had a, a new uh, assistant server, and he was carrying some more of these. And the the way they designed this fountain, it would splatter, and there was tile around it. And we were constantly throughout the day and night wiping up, you know, water spills. Right. Well, we had a new new young man, and he had a tray. He slips, hits the back of his head on the concrete Ooh. fountain, knocks him out cold, splits his head wide open in the yeah. back. So he finally regained consciousness, and we, you know, and this was a full restaurant. This was, this was a lunch, and we had a full restaurant, and he, um, we took him up to St. Joe Hospital and um, sewed him up, and he went on home. But that was one. There was another, so you didn't make him finish a shift? Did not make him finish right. a shift, but I, did, I think I did pay him for the rest of the okay. shift. Okay, well, that's I'm, I'm that's pretty nice sure about idea. that. But they, fortunately, there was no long-term damage. And, yeah. But uh, another one, actually a story before we even opened the restaurant, um, UMB Bank was showing off the building, and the restaurant wasn't finished yet. But so, but they they had a, a pre-opening of the building, just all a lot of dignitaries from Kansas City, and those we had hors d'oeuvres and bars on each on each floor. And I'm setting up the main bar on the on the dining room floor, and I had a glass a quart bottle of uh, 
uh, Canada Dry Club Soda. And I just set this thing down in the middle of the ice well, and all of a sudden this, this carbonated beverage, uh, bottle blows up, and the cap of the, and with glass attached to it, comes up and hits me right in the lip and knocked my two front teeth out. And so, and, and we got a party in an hour and a half, and, I, and I'm the, one of the few bartenders, and so I go up to St. Joe, get sewed up and come back and work the party, but that was not a good way to start my, oh, no. my restaurant career right. at EBT. While we have time, how in the world did Toby Tobin get his name put onto your menu? Very simple. We took uh, kind of a poll of who are some of our favorite uh, customers were, Okay. And, of course, he came up, and we were doing um, – and I was on Toby's show, uh, but more for gardening more than, than the restaurant because I grow ro- roses, which is a whole other story. So we just decided to call it the Toby Tobin Flambe. So he wormed his way onto your menu too. Yes, he did. Yeah, he's done the same but, thing But it me. was through agriculture and roses, <laughs> not food or, or fine dining. <laughs> but that's – yeah. Do you ever have any famous, any famous nationally come into your restaurant? No, you know, Toby I'd, Tobin. Yeah, Toby. Yeah, yeah, that's why I said nationally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Toby. why I changed well, I, that. We consider Toby national. Yeah. I think George Brett was probably the most the most famous one. Um, movie stars, and I, I can't recall. We did have somebody, but I can't remember their name. Yeah. But I'd say George and Toby were probably See, what I think two. is neat is that as, as famous as your restaurant was, the memories that stand out to you are local people. Yes. Not the national. You know, and that's, you know, that's what, that's, that's really part of the charm. You know, that the, the local people appreciated and loved you, and you gave that love back to all of us. Yeah, but if you think about it, when a customer comes in a restaurant, if they're recognized, number one, is a high priority. If you call them by their name, yeah, boom, it goes yeah. through the charts. Because yeah. if you say Toby comes in and he's bringing a client, he doesn't want to bring a, a customer to a potential disaster or a food restaurant that's right. not good. He wants to know that they're going to be pampered, the service is going to be good, the food's going to be good, yeah. and they're recognized. So all of a sudden, Toby's chest puffs up a little bit because I'm recognized, and then that makes him look better yeah. in the eyes of his potential yeah. client. And so we that's how I taught my people that every single person that comes in there is number one. And call them by their name. Yeah. Find out their name. You know, I want to I want to say this. I don't think it's a reach. On behalf of all those people that are listening, I want to apologize to you because I'm part of the problem. You know, because back then in the in the 90s and the early 2000s, you know, we we're focused on our struggles of doing a small business. And if I had known then the impact of us not going to your restaurant more often, we would have found a way of doing it. Yeah. You know, I would have skipped some of the national chains, you know, the Bennigan's, all that kind of stuff, and eaten out less often to go to your place. So, Ed, I, on behalf of a lot of people, <laughs> and especially people I know, I'm sorry we didn't support you when it mattered. I well, mean that. Well, I, I appreciate that. It, you know, when customers do come in, like uh, we had a couple, Frank and uh, Dorothy Tyler, they came in every Friday night at 6 o'clock. They sat on table 18. David Offenberg was their server, and they had a, a wine bucket with ice with his two Coors lights in it, and she had her glass of wine. And every single Friday night at 6 o'clock, <laughs> I knew that was what it Yeah. Know. So when they come in, hi, Frank and Dorothy, your table's ready. And we, you know, it was early enough in the evening. We always had table 18. It was a deuce. Yeah. And that's what that was their spot. And they had to have Dave as their, as their uh, server. Do you remember yeah. the time when I did the radio show and you yeah. gave free o- breakfast? Om- omelets. Yes, omelets. free. Free, free omelets. I omelet. could not believe you were doing that. I can't that was either. crazy. We had people, Toby, remember out the door? Yes. They were lined up because they'd come in and he was doing his morning show, yeah. Toby, Toby Tobin show. 
And uh, so we advertise that we, you know, come in and get a free omelet. Well, here they come. Yeah. So Toby, is. talk. Do you end up giving something away for free? No, and I, it backfired? I, I think I volunteered that, if I remember right, Toby. Now that we did it, it, was, it wasn't a very smart idea because no. people no. had to wait for, it seemed like hours. Oh, I mean, going to EBT and get free pan, omelet? Yeah, three pans going at the same time, and I ran out of eggs and somebody had to go to the store and get some more eggs. Did I, you do most of the table site? How many people did you have doing that, the table site? Well, every server was trained. Okay. Um, Troy Wousseau was an assistant trainer in the back in the early days. He was the only other person that wasn't a, a waiter that we would allow him to prepare at the table because he was about the best that there really was in terms <laughs> of table sign. I did as I was there as an assistant to the server, and I would um, and, and I get a lot of requests from customers. I, I want Caesar salad, you know. And to that point, after 15 years, I was there every day, every meal, and then. Um, when I, I got a call on a on a Monday, and from the president of Myron Green said, "Ed, you're going to be president of the company next Monday because yeah. I'm retiring." I go, "What?" Okay. Anyway, we, we need to talk to Hannah. Yep, we got one more line. Hannah, welcome to Kansas City Food Memories. Hey, so hi. I am not in the restaurant business at all. Uh, however, I just wanted to. I am in customer service. Uh, work for a local mobile phone company, and it. What you said earlier, uh, just recently, about making each customer feel special by, you know, learning their name and then making them understand that they are number one. I think that is huge, and it, it, it would, it should be going across all facets of business, not just the restaurant business. I feel like anyone who has a customer service type position in any way should really be trying to make our customers feel like they are number one and just humans in general if we could all start treating each other better like that would would make the world a much better place so thank you for for sharing those words of wisdom well thank you Ann. i, I appreciate it but that was our that was our definitely our mantra uh and i agree it goes across all all phases of business but particularly if you're called by your name you know you, you feel important you feel good about yourself you feel good about the the person that's calling you by the name like they respect me they they know me and it, it it goes all positive from there. And if you just, you know, so many restaurants today, there's nobody, no managers that are around or talking to people. And I just don't understand that. But, um, yeah, that personal service and recognition, personal recognition is is the utmost importance. Great comment. I could, couldn't agree more. I hope you have a wonderful day. And right. thank you so Th- much thank for, you, Hannah. for sharing. Thanks, Hannah. Right. Take care. Bye. Not quite yet. Okay. okay. Uh, is there, uh, we only have a few minutes left, is there any other story or anything you want to tell to the people that that are listening that really miss EBT? And Yeah, it, and I've gotten, I don't can't tell you how many h- hundreds of phone calls and, and emails, and, you know, I still wish you were around. Yeah. And, well, you're you know, going to get that, more but, after this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, um, one more caller really. Okay. Quick. Let's do that real quick. Kevin, good morning. Welcome to Kansas City Food Memories. Hey, good morning. We've got, uh, I'm Ed's boy, and I've got his two grandsons in the truck. Oh, hi, Kevo. Right? <laughs> A lot of great memories, and uh, I think back to, to Manny and Ron, the bartenders, Dave Offenberg, just had a huge impact on me as a kid growing up because, you know, there were a lot of Friday and Saturday nights I spent uh, as a kid because maybe there wasn't a babysitter, and just back in the bar and, and seeing my dad out there, my hero, running the floor was just, awesome as a kid um and then a couple i know we're tight on time another great memory that we have is that the ebt dinners live on in the holland home 
So when it's your birthday, we get EBT dinner at home. It's oh. pepper steak, broccoli cheese soup, crunchies, and then, of course, the Caesar salad. And I've got uh, one boy right here. Wally, tell him a little bit about what you like to make. Uh, making the Caesar salad is one of my favorite things. I memorize how to make it from scratch. And Wally's 11 years old. <laughs> that, that is so amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, Wally, um, and I, I will tell you, you have become very proficient at your Caesar salad. And he, you know, he crushes the, the garlic, oh, the, yeah. the anchovy. I mean, oh. all authentic from scratch from an 11-year-old. And it's, it makes me very proud, I must tell you. Oh. You know, it's funny. I, I, it, it's really been a family adventure at EBT because I had, I think, 11 cousins and nephews and cousins that and that worked at the restaurant over all these years. Elaine worked were thirty two years. Uh, my sisters Kathleen and Sonder and Francie all worked there. Um, Tony and Curtis and Tim and but anyway, the family part of it, it meant so much to me. And the only two people that part of my business or part of my family is my son and Kevin and my daughter Abby. Neither one of them worked there. <laughs> <laughs> but I I think you would agree, Kevin, that the life skills that I think you learn through observation and, and just watching, you know, what, how to do it right, I think, had an impact on you, a positive impact on you. Well, Kevin, thank you for calling in. We only have a few seconds left in the show. I think I'm going to have to twist your arm and see if I can get you to come back again some other time. I'm retired. I'm, I'm, I'm usually at a dog trial. Well, I, I know with, you're busy, uh, so you've got other things roses, to do. But, but I'm, I, I'll come back I want to talk to you about the, the whole Caesar salad thing, and I want to see if I can get the whole Holland clan to come out and do it at, at my place one day just to, so you can meet them and I can eat, eat some amazing um, Caesar salad. Well, we could do Caesar. We can make All a right. peppercorn steak. Well, and, to everybody else out there, thank you very much. We're not done yet. Oh, oh good. Five nine. Oh, okay, good. Well, so it's um, to everybody listening to today's show, uh, thank you very much for joining us on Kansas City Food Memories. You can catch this as a podcast and go to any of your places um, where you get podcasts. What's a podcast? Podcast is a way to listen to radio shows and recordings on demand. So whenever you're ready. so when now, you Is when that you, like a smartphone? Yes. Yeah, so, so when you guys upgrade from that flip phone, I'll show you how to get the podcast. I'm going to flip it, yeah. Yeah, but for the rest <laughs> of you, go ahead and sign up online. You'll be able to get that. Tell your friends and family to listen to it. And I'm going to and sign up for my emails at makethemsmile.com, and I'll give you an update for when the next time Ed Holland's going to be on the air. And maybe I can get him to do an appearance so you can uh, meet him in person at With my place. With a Caesar place. salad. With a Caesar salad. Yes. <laughs> I would love that. Or bananas foster. Or, oh, uh, well, or I omelets. Have, I have omelets. a sprinkler system, so no flambeys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's it. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back next Saturday. Broadcast of Kansas City Food Memories.